0: This is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share a new episode of our podcast with you today. You're going to hear from Coach Kevin Lawson. Coach Lawson is currently the head basketball coach at Richardson High School here in Richardson, Texas. He's married to Kelly. They have two sons. They're also foster parents, which is an incredible part of their his story. But bigger than that, it's just an incredible man of God. I cannot wait for you to hear from Kevin. So let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Kevin. Thank you. You bet. So I always like to start these out with some background information. So if you don't mind, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and where you grew up, your family growing up, and a little bit about your family today. Sure. So I'm originally from Gainesville, Texas.
1: I played basketball, ran track there. Um, then I went to Abilene Christian University and got a math education degree. And um, then out of college, I got a I got a job at a middle school in, in, in Mesquite, Agnew Middle School, and worked there for three years. And um, during that time, I got married. And so when you get married, uh, you pretty much do what your wife says. And so my wife, wanted to, my wife wanted to get her master's in social work. And so she said, let's go to Austin. And so hmm. I didn't go to Austin. And we, But I said yes. And I said, but I don't want to be in Austin, so I'll only go there for, for two years. And, um, so I found a job at Leander high school and I was the, um, became the varsity assistant there, um, varsity assistant basketball at Leander. And so I said, I'll, I'll go there for two years in Austin. And then 11 years later, we decided to move back to the Metroplex. So we, uh, we loved Austin. We loved their time there. I got to, got to the coach there. I, w- I was, um, I was the varsity assistant for all 11 years, and then nine of those years I was the head cross-country coach. Uh, fell in love with cross-country and the the crazy kids that cross-country is. Um, mm-hmm. But but we needed to change and come back to the Metroplex. And so uh, my brother actually coaches at Pierce High School, which is our biggest rival. And it's probably, I don't know, uh, maybe two minutes, three minutes from – from where I work, it's really, really close. And so now I'm at his rival school, um, but we get the opportunity to move back and have my kids and his kids uh, be able to kind of grow up together. So um, this is my, I am now in my fifth year at Richardson and my second year as the head coach.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. So you mentioned growing up in Gainesville. Did you grow up, um, was a family of faith? And then at what point did you make that your own did you decide any of that personal relationship with jesus
1: yeah so my story so we grew up uh honestly my story is like a it's a it's a success story it's kind of that story that you um that you as a parent dream that your kid would have uh we went to we went to church every time the doors were open so Mm -hmm. sunday morning sunday night wednesday night i was at church my dad was a deacon my grandfather who lived in town with us was an elder at our church. Um, Like we were there. And like, so I only knew church. I only knew that. And so, you know, when you, when your kids, your your kids are growing up, you think I want them to have a faith and be a, be a follower and and have God be the center of their life. And like, that's, I mean, my, my mom was, my mom and dad were just like, it, it hit for my brother and I, both of us. And so I was, I accepted Jesus was baptized, um, the summer after my 13th birthday. Um, we were on our way, we were doing a mission trip to Maine and that kind of pushed me into saying, you know what, I need to really do this. If I'm going to go be part of a youth mission trip, then I need to like really get out there and, and go all that, that kind of helped me, um, make that decision. And so, um, so yeah, like I, I, that was the start of it. You know, I wasn't, I was definitely not super mature, but uh, but right around my thirteenth birthday was when I accepted.
0: That's awesome. and you talked about and we'll, we'll talk about your faith a little here in a minute. I want to get back to to sports. You talked a little bit about your um, coaching journey, you know down in Austin and then now back back in in the metro place, coaching at Richardson. So talk about um, being a head basketball coach in the Dallas area, especially in an area where football is, uh, is huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so being able to coach in Dallas, uh, coaching basketball in Dallas is very unique because um, it's a little different from the Austin area because basketball really, really is important. Uh, mm. Football is big and, and um, everybody knows in high school, you want your football team to be successful, but I found that in, in the Dallas area, that my from my experience basketball matters and uh and you have guys that can play and you get I get to coach in the Metroplex at a 6A high school and get to play get to coach against the best in the area, the best in the state. Um we've been able to play against some of those top guys and so I get to watch them on TV. And uh that's <laughs> yeah fun for that to happen. And so, and I've been able to coach some really, really good players. I'm just really really fortunate. So, um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's really fun to coach high school basketball in Dallas, to be
0: honest. That's awesome because a lot of people don't, I mean, you see stories about the good basketball, the athletes that come through, but you don't hear a lot of, a lot of basketball stories just because football is, kind of, sure. kind of run, runs the state, if you will. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you talked about coaching and then coaching against top athletes. Is there an athlete or two, just pure athletics, um, over your time in coaching that just really stands out to you?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so my first year at Richardson, I got to coach Brandon Everett. So if anybody is in the Richardson area, Brandon Averett is a legend. Um, he So he when he graduated from – RHS from Richardson with with us after his senior year, my first year at Richardson. He was he ended up going to Oklahoma State. He spent a couple years there and now he's at Utah Valley. But the thing that stood out to me was his work ethic. Um, That guy would wake up super early in the morning. He would be in the gym with his trainer at six. He'd come to practice with us at 7.30. Then after school, he'd go back and work out again. Um, We even had, one time we had his signing day his big signing day thing and and everybody comes with the balloons and he's going and he's going to be in college and at that time he was following brad underwood and so brad underwood was at um stephen f austin and underwood ended up going to oklahoma state he followed him but when his stephen f austin signing day he does the signing he's he's there everybody's there with the balloons they're eating cupcakes and it finishes and people are walking out and he's a coach can I get a ball? I want to go to the back gym and work out. And I, wow. that's the reason why you're so good. So Brandon Avery is, stands out. And I tell that story every year to get what it takes to be at that level.
0: Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So Let me ask you about um, your faith and coaching. What, you know, what role does your faith play in your coaching?
1: Um, I mean, it's huge, right? Because I know that, um, I know that I'm like, I'm, part of something bigger like there's something that matters more than Mm. than the wins and losses um like I I wish I wish I could say every single night every single game that was the that was my overwhelming (laughs) message um but like in the end I you know so I've seen last year we had a uh, we had a rough year we didn't make the playoffs and that was really really hard um personally it was hard it was hard to not achieve a goal, um, and then it is—it's crazy the way God works through um, not success, like personal, and being able to teach kids how mm. how. Like the sun came up the next morning, and I went to work and found my kids, and I loved them and I hugged them, and I'm like, you know, this is like—it's going to be okay. It's gonna be hard. And it's, it's going to be okay. And, and like, I can, I can know that God is, God's going to love me no matter what. And I know that my kids love me no matter what. And it's pretty cool. God is like showing me those things. I come home and my six year old does not care if we win or lose. He just is happy Mm. to play, play with daddy. So it's been, it's been cool what God has just put those things in my life. um, Put those people in my life in those moments to, to help through those things.
0: You talked about your, you know, you, you mentioned your six-year-old don't care about your wins and losses. So let me ask you about your family. How do you balance the demands of your career? I mean, being a head coach at a 6A school is is demanding. So how do you balance that with being both a husband and a dad?
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I. Uh, so honestly, that's one of the hardest things about my job um, is is the stress, the pressure, the I need to be doing this and always feeling like I need to watch more film and I need to get this practice ready. And I need to, you know, talk to this, make sure this parent issue or whatever is, is taken care of. And, and on top of that is, and I talked to some of my other coaching buddies is bringing it home and always thinking about it. Like Mm. that is, is such a challenge is, when I became the head coach, I didn't realize how much I would always be thinking and thinking. Like, this is always going through my mind better. How are we going to get better? And so I've I worked really, really hard to be intentional about my time with my kids. Um, one thing I learned from, I mean, honestly, Justin Reese was the, was the coach I followed here. And, I mean, he's the reason I got the job here. And I thought he was awesome. At, when he brought me in, he said, if your kids have a game on Saturday, we will work practice around that. And so, I mean, I tell my players they they know we're going to have Saturday practice, and I can't tell you exactly when that is because I have to. Games are, and so make sure players know because I want them to see that being a father and a dad is the most important job they're going to have someday, and I want to live that out and show them that. And so, I my kids come up, they're part of they're part of the basketball family. And if they see that I love my kids and I want them to see that's who I want them to be someday. And so, um, yeah. And, and I'm saying all those things I, you know, I, you have to like make it a priority to say every Thursday night or every Wednesday night or whatever it is, I've got to make sure I spend time with my kids and I go build a Lego thing with my six year old and I go, Rebound for my 11 year old, and I make sure my wife gets to talk to me every night. That is the most important one, is we had those talk times at night. So, yeah, it's been good.
0: So, another <clears throat> question about your story um, of being a husband and a dad is you and your wife are now foster parents and have been for two years. So, talk about the journey. I mean, you have an 11 11- and a six year old, talk about the journey to becoming foster parents and, and then also balancing that also with coaching. I mean, that's, you know, you have two kids of your own and then now you're taking in some, some others. Um, So talk about that journey. Sure. So, um,
1: well, that, that is a long, long journey to get to a point to where um, we've become foster parents. So first off, I want to say my wife is amazing. So I've, you know, I've heard it. I've heard it said that you need to marry someone that's going to help you get to heaven. Um, <laughs> and I married an angel. And I married an angel who is who's who's helping me get there, um, and is 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 really a really has a heart for kids and has a heart for people. Um, she's a social worker at heart. She that's who, what she has her masters in, and like she sees these kids as the need, and so she's the one who kind of started that process with us. Um, it took me a while. Um, we, you know, we had a little bit of, we, it took us a while to have our second kid, um, through some type of pregnancy stuff. And a funny thing about that, just a real quick story. So we were, we thought we had our first kid. And when our second one was about to, uh, we're trying to become pregnant with our second, um, and we couldn't get pregnant. And so we decided we're going to adopt. And so we went Mm -hmm. to an agency, we went through the whole process We did the training. Uh, I went and got fingerprinted. We're doing a background check, and my wife says, "Well, if I just if I just have my period, then I'm going to go do start birth control, and that way, um, that way we can that way we can just uh, make sure that when we adopt a baby, then that baby is going to be the next child." And my wife never had a period, and we had been working, we had been trying for two and a half years, and God just. I just had a different plan and through that we opened our eyes to um, kids that need that need homes Mm. Um, and kids that um, and not just those babies right the it's it's all these kids that need a place to for to be safe um, when when their parents are trying to figure it out Um, and so so we've been doing it now it's been two and a half years that we've been fostering we've had um, six placements in our house, um, which has been seven total kids. Um, so we've had, uh, right now we have a five, almost a five month old in our house that we took home from the hospital. So she's been with us almost five months. Um, we've had the, the shortest placement we've had is, um, two weeks. Um, and the longest placement we've had was, uh, we had two boys. The only time we took two, we had two boys for a full year. Um, and so we took home, um, these brothers, one of them, we took home from the hospital. He was two and a half weeks old and his brother was 13 months old. And, uh, we actually had those boys, um, exactly a year. And, um, during that process, I mean, that was a long year. We got to do everything, every holiday, every birthday, every tear, every diaper. It was us. Um, and during that process, uh, we got those boys in October, and during the summer of that of that year coming around, we're at eight, nine months. We were told we were going to get to adopt them, and um, God had a different plan. And, it, mm. like, we thought they were going to be, become part of our family, and, like, honestly, that's one of the hardest things that I've had to deal with, um, that my wife has had to deal with, that my boys, my my biological kids have had to deal with. Uh, cause we thought those boys were forever part of our family. And, um, so like fostering is not easy. Um, but, um, as my wife says, um, there is no other place that we would want these kids to be than in our house. Um, because we love them and we know they're safe with us. And, um, when they leave us, it's, it's really hard, but we know that they have been taken care of, that they have been safe and they've been loved and they know they've been loved. And, um, you know, that's, that's part of, I guess part of the, you know, what God is, the challenge God has put up with us and uh, put on us. And, um, you know, we've, we've, we don't think we're awesome. I, I like, we have a lot of people that are like, man, man, Kevin, you're awesome. Kevin and Kelly, you guys are awesome. I can't believe you do that. And and like, well, I just want people to hear that we're just following the calling that God gave us. Mm. We're not doing anything awesome. We're just doing what God wants us to do. And like, like everybody has that. Like everybody has something that God has like blessed them with or put on their heart. And if you just listen and follow, then then yeah, it can be hard and it's supposed to be hard. But like, you're like, honestly, you're just, you are doing what you're called to do. And it's not that we're awesome. We're just doing what God made us to do um, in this time. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a man. We have stories and, and, and to top it off, you ask about my kids. So my biological kids, my boys, Jake and Luke, they love it. They are the best foster brothers, um, that you'll ever meet. They love those Mm. kids. They're the brothers and sisters. Um, when we, when one kid leaves, it's really, really hard. And we take a little bit of time to grieve over that loss. And my kids are so good at, at saying it's okay. And when can we get more? When can I get another brother or sister? And, um, just to see them accept the kids, um, because we're taking in kids that come from a different background as them, that don't look like them, um, that that aren't as privileged as them. And like the life lessons that I can teach my kids is priceless. It wow. just, it's just priceless. So, yeah.
0: That gives me chills just thinking about um, the stories as you're talking. I mean, just about the, the, the two you thought you are going to adopt and then just the impact it has on your own on your own kids, just, I mean, it almost leaves you speechless. And for those that know me, that's not often (laughs) kind of struggle for words to, 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 to think about that. But the one thing I love that you said is, you know, because I have the same opinion is, as I hear your story before we were recording and then hearing you tell it now, I'm sitting there going, man, you and your wife, Kelly, are awesome. But I love how you say, you know what, we're just doing what God called us to do and, so all of us have a calling, yeah, yeah. It's not, and it's not all of us aren't called to be foster parents, you know. Yeah. For whatever we're called to do, we need to do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you just gotta yeah. listen. Yeah, you gotta yeah. Listen. No, I mean, that's to me that was a huge encouragement the way you you said that because um, you know because a lot of people you know you look at you know what you and your wife are doing and you and you do you you think about man I could never do that but that's so incredible but really God's equipped and gifted all of us. Yeah. Yeah. totally. For something. Yeah. Sure. Wow. It's kind of hard to, to go from there. Uh, <laughs> but I want to ask you, this is kind of goes back to your sports world. Um, no secret that, and this is not a political discussion, but the culture is very divided uh, whether it's, You see it, you know, being a foster parent and, you know, obviously being a coach, whether it's social economics, politics, religion, you name it, culture can be very divided. But one of the few things that brings people together is sports. So how have you seen sports tear down those walls of division? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, So, like,
1: I mean, it is the great equalizer between race and economics. Um, and, And, like, I'm really fortunate that I'm at Richardson High School. Um, it is super unique where it is one of the most diverse and welcoming of all types and different backgrounds of people, whether it's race, whether it's, whether it's money, um, whether it's just what kids like, there is a place for everyone. And so that, that is really awesome and unique. And, but when I get into sports, um, it doesn't matter what color you are and how much money your parents have. If you can make a basket, you can play for me, and so, mm-hmm. um, so that's a great thing. That you get into my locker room, and we don't really care what you look like. We just want you to, to, to do what we ask, and we want you to follow, follow the leader of your coach, and and, and come together. And then it's just, it's like all that stuff doesn't matter, and all these people that just get mad at each other and treat people just treat people poorly and not the way they should be treated. It just all goes away. Um, when you get on the floor and it doesn't matter like, and, it, and you got to guard somebody else that may not look like you and it doesn't matter. Um, and so I, I mean, I just, it's just awesome. I mean, that's just like, it's one of the great lessons that out there is just the, how sports can do that. And, and honestly, like music can do that and, and theater and those things and just, uh That's why the arts and the sports stuff is just really, really important.
0: That is cool. I like that because to me, um, if we take a step back, um, it's a picture of how even the church should function, right? Sure. We're all all different, gifted different. We all look different. But we all have the same goal inside the church, loving God and loving others. And if we could just stop letting other things divide us. Sure. Yeah.
1: And God loves us all. Like, why? Yeah. I just, I mean, he doesn't care about all that other stuff. He just wants your heart. And he wants you to follow. That's, right. him.
0: That's awesome. So let me ask you for some advice. Um, a lot of our listeners are student athletes and coaches and, you know, and there's some out there that where they live or work is a little more difficult than, than some to, to express their faith and, you know, sports, um, and athletics is a platform can be used for good or for bad. So what advice would you offer that coach or student athlete that, um, wants to use their platform for Christ?
1: Yeah. So, um, so, so I started, I mean, prayer is the biggest thing. So I started praying for my kids. Um, I started praying for my kids, by name about 10 years ago and it's changed the way I looked at things. Um, and it's given me like, it's given me a little bit of more courage, um, to be honest. And so, uh, like if I was going to give any young coach, any player is, is just be strong and courageous. I mean, you know, the, the verse, the Joshua one, seven verse where it says, be strong, and courageous and, and, it, it it's pretty much saying don't be scared right uh you don't want to turn from the right to the left that you may be successful wherever you go like i i just being able to know that god is with you um and pray for those moments of courage is mm-hmm. the thing i would like without a doubt um say yeah like that and, and i'm definitely not awesome at it um but i try really hard i mean i've i've been praying for Kids, I've been praying for those moments. I've been praying for wisdom to know when the right time is to share and and opportunities to share. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't know if that's the best answer, but that's, that's what I have.
0: No, I got it. No, that's good. I like that. I mean, starting with prayer, which I think many of us would, if we're honest, would say is, is a weak point. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, so whether you're a coach or athlete or whatever, wherever you are in life. I mean, starting with praying for, if you're a coach, pray for your kids. If you're in the workplace, pray for your coworkers. Yeah, um, totally. I like that. You So you mentioned Joshua 1, but I want to ask you, um, a lot of people have a favorite scripture um, or life verse. Is there a, a verse that you'd share with us that, you know, maybe is a go-to for you? Or maybe one that God has used or shown shown you recently.
1: Yeah, I like the Joshua one seven, but also I mean the Jeremiah eleven, uh excuse me, Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven is is the mm-hmm. plans I have for you. Um I mean I go to that all the time. When we're deciding, um for the plans I have for you, plans to prosper. Like that that verse, like I um when we we're deciding if we were gonna move from Austin back to the Metroplex. I prayed that verse like I I went to God I read it and I prayed it daily like is this what you want for me to do and ever since then I'm like okay God the head basketball club, the head basketball job is opening up is this what you want me to do God mm. like is this the the opportunity for us to foster God is this plans you have for me to do and I just like I, I love that that God is there and that I can ask and listen, answer those, those, um, those prayers. So yeah, I mean, I, I know that he has a plan and I'm just kind of following, I'm just part of that part of that story. So yeah, those, that's, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty standard one, but I love it.
0: I like that because, you know, I think that's one of those verses that so often quoted. Yeah um but maybe not really truly understood um you know i I just wrote that down i just put pray over every decision you know that's good i haven't you know i go to that verse some but you know there's many decisions that we're faced with i think you know what if i would just go to that and just pray that um my thought process would probably be a little different there yeah yeah totally That's good. Last question. Um, Two words in sports, all in. I mean, it's all over the place. Um, But it's also all in Scripture. I mean, Jesus is very clear that if we're going to be his follower, you know, we need to deny ourselves. we need to be all in. So what does that look like, kind of a practical sense for you, Kevin, on a daily basis to be all in your walk with Christ? Uh, I mean, he's just
1: not holding back so I can't hold back my faith. And, um, like, honestly, I feel, I feel really humble that, um, that I've been asked to do this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like, like it's easy for me to look in the mirror and see my sin, um, and to see my weaknesses and, um, like, like, and and I know I'm forgiven and I know that, um, and that God loves me and and that, that Jesus died for me and that, like my faults are covered by Jesus blood and so being all in is um is just living in a way that says god you died for a reason and i'm going to i'm being there to just be part of that and wow. uh, and so like like again man i i like i am not sure why you called me and i <laughs> Um, because I'm really humbled by this. And so, um, this opportunity to share just a little bit about me is just, just really like, I praise God for, uh, for this, but for what you're doing, I think you like, this is an awesome, an awesome thing that you've got out there for young coaches, for, for middle-aged coaches like myself. I don't want to be old, but, uh, but <laughs> yeah. all of us out there just to listen and just know that, that we're all over the state. We're all over, we're all out here and um, we're all doing this for him. And so, um, yeah, we're all in for him. So, yeah. That's that's
0: awesome. You know, I can tell you as a parent, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, being a part of this, this podcast, I can tell you um, as, as a parent, it blows me away that the number of men and women in the coaching community that are all in for Christ because, you know, a lot of times we, in the Christian circle bubble, we hear yeah. the bad, the public school, yeah. you know, public schools are bad or they don't want God in schools. And, you know, I tell people all the time that, I mean, it may, it's not perfect, but there's so many godly men and women that are pouring in to our students that it's unbelievable. If you would just take a look and see yeah. what's going on. And, yeah. you know, and it's just blown my mind in this podcast journey, the number of folks that I've connected with and, and I go back and, um, and I will do the same with yours. I'll go back and look over the notes cause I take notes and um, you know, your, your story has truly encouraged me. Thank um, you for sure. Yeah. sure. Um, just the whole aspect of continue, you know, to follow God and, um, and that his plan is always better than ours
1: that's right that is totally right yeah
0: I don't always live that um, <laughs> you know because a lot of times I think my idea is a little better but <laughs> no, I know me too yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well good deal man well I appreciate your time thank you
1: man I appreciate it too opportunity
0: what an incredible story thank you again to Kevin for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us just a couple takeaways that I wrote down um, that I was going to share with you just I hear this a lot in talking to to different people and, and hearing people's stories and, and asking for advice and um, especially about balancing career with being a husband or a wife, um, a mom and a dad and the, the word that comes up a lot is intentional and Kevin said it there to be intentional and to to model a marriage and what it means to be a dad to the young man he's coaching use his marriage, use his family um, as partners in in coaching. It's not uh, coaching by himself. It's being intentional, modeling his marriage, modeling being a dad. Um, always love hearing stories of parents who feel called to be foster parents and this one just really touched my heart because I know the demands of, of of a coach, and so it just it really encouraged me to hear Kevin talk about um, that journey that he and his wife went on, and and um, sometimes having newborns in the house, um, but also raising their their sons and just showing these kids love, whether they have them for a couple of weeks or or months, but just showing the love of God through giving them a safe place to live. Talked about. Uh, being strong and courageous and as a coach praying for his kids by name that's powerful as a parent to think that I could have uh, my kids being prayed for by, by their coaches just really really encourages me and lastly just the encouragement he gave us to just to live every day every moment in a way that honors God that above everything we do no matter where you are in life live in a way that honors God. So thank you again to Kevin. Thank you for listening. I would ask you, um, if you were encouraged by this, to share this with a family member or a friend. I know there's somebody that needs to be encouraged in, in, in your life today. You could also look us up on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just type in All In Sports Outreach. You can find out more about us, who we are, why we do what we do. Um, If you're not a subscriber to this podcast, whatever podcast platform you use to listen, I'd, I'd encourage you to click that subscribe button now. This was episode 118, so there's over 100 more episodes I know that will encourage you, and I'm so excited about the ones to come. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. And until next time.